there is death in the world, there is still his life and breath in this world. So if you guys can join me in prayer before we go into worship. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come to you with the beautiful name of your Son, Jesus, one who wish knows what true sacrifice is. Father God, we lift up to the families of those
lot of weight today. So why don't you go ahead and stretch it out? That was just a free soft song is a proclamation. This song is meant to be sung as just like God is greater. So when we get to this chorus, our God is greater, I want you to sing it from your heart, okay? You're going to sing it and let every devil in this city, you're going to let every person in this know that God is greater, God is stronger, he is high and he is mighty. He's worthy of all our
There was music just a tad bit too late. 
The awkward turtle has made his home in this place. He's flying around. Amen. Hallelujah. Welcome to Elevate. We're so happy to have you here. If you can do me the favor, if you guys can make your way up to the first and second row, that way we can see all your pretty faces. Look to your neighbor and say, you have a pretty face. Guys, don't play it smart if you're sitting next to a lady. So you have a wonderful face. <laughs> Gonna get yourself a date tonight. Look at you. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, today is a special day because I am not preaching, and that doesn't make it special, but we have our very own Chinchia. She's going to be giving the word today, so in just a little bit, as she gets ready, um, we're just going to give you some announcements, some things that we're about. This mic is hot, H-O-T, hot, so lower it down just a little bit, hot, hallelujah, hallelujah, that's hotter. Hello, hello, testing, one, two, three, amen, amen. So, as we get ready to bring up Cynthia, I just want to give you some cool announcements of the week. This coming Tuesday, we're having our life groups. Life group is the time where we get to come together, where we get to uh, know one each other, get to live life with each other. Just because generally in service, okay, see how we're sitting like this and everybody's far away. We don't necessarily get a time to hang out. Life groups, if you can have the slide up for me, please. Life group gives us that opportunity. We meet every Tuesday at 6 o'clock. And this Tuesday, we are going to the beach. We are going to Montrose Beach. Am I correct? Montrose Beach, yes, we're going to Montrose Beach. So if you want to go swimming, the weather is going to be, literally, I saw it today, it's going to be 90-somethings. It's going to be super hot. Like, this week is going to be crazy. So you're going to want to come out to live groups. We're going to meet here at 6 o'clock, and then we're going to head out to the uh, to Montrose Beach. You don't need a ride. You don't need any money. If you want to bring some snacks for yourself, you could. We're going to bring our worship out there. We're going to have our volleyball nets. So this Tuesday, 6 o'clock, meet here at the church. Come ready, and we're going to head out to Montrose Beach and have a good time. Amen. Next slide for me, please. Hallelujah. Amen. If this is your first time here, would you just raise your hand? If this is your first time walking into an Elevate, maybe your first time at a youth service at this church, raise your hand. We want to embarrass you. Go ahead and stand on up. We want to clap for you guys. Hallelujah. Come on, give them a hand clap as they stand on up. Hallelujah. Amen. You guys can have your seats. I grew up in a Spanish church where every time someone was new, they made you stand up. And I would always look at the people as they would stand up. They'd do the exact same thing you did, just like... We're awkward, like, do I have to really? Man, stand up, stand up. The pastor, like, come on, please, please. And they're like, they didn't know what to do. They're just like, hello? So that's exactly what just happened. So we like that awkward feeling because the awkward turtle has made his home here. Amen. So this is our church. This is what we believe in. Our vision here is loving God and loving people. That's biblical. You find that throughout the Bible. God does that. He loves some people, and we're to love him. And at the same time, we're to love people. Amen. So that is our vision here. Someone say vision. Everything that we do here comes through our vision, and then we have our strategy, which is connect, mentor, and send. And we break it down so you can understand a little bit more about what we do and understand that when you come into the church, it's not just to sit in the chair, although we like you to sit in the chair and come to services, but we want to disciple you because Jesus said, go out and make disciples, and that's what it's about, okay? We want to disciple you, want to teach you about the word so we connect you. And we do that in our life because we get to know who you are. Because you're not going to just come into church and be like, this, give me this, give me this, give me this. We want to get to know who you are. And just if you've had some church experience, maybe you had some bad church experience because that's happened too. And we want to let you know Jesus is alive. He is the Lord of the church. We want to let you know that God wants you to be a disciple. Amen. So we connected our life groups and then we mentor you. And a matter of fact, if you're a one-on-one disciple, whether for the ladies or the guys, won't you stand up for me, please? Just a demonstration of what God is. Let's give him a hand clap. Amen, amen, amen. You guys can have your seat. It's so encouraging when you see young people come up in the church and say, hey, look, I want Jesus Christ. 
This is not something I'm just going to do. I'm just going to come to church. I want the power of God, God Almighty, to change my life. And we do that in our discipleship process. We get to learn about who Jesus Christ is. We learn about reading your Bible because we're supposed to do that. Uh, we learn about praying because we're supposed to do that. We want to teach you all about these things. Maybe you've never prayed before. I remember coming to a youth group one time, and, and I, was, I grew up in church, so I kind of had an idea how to pray. I always saw my parents pray, and I always got my best practice when I prayed for my food. Hallelujah. And this is funny. You guys will laugh at me at first. But I just remember one time as I was praying for food, this was actually me. Um, that's all I knew how to pray because you get your practice praying for food. And then someone asked me, hey, can you pray for, you know, this? And I was, you know, still growing up in church. I didn't have an idea like, okay, they want me to pray. I just pray for the food. Okay. And it was not even lunchtime or dinner time or any type of food time. Like, yeah, go ahead and pray for our service. God, thank you for this food. <laughs> you know, I was still young. I didn't understand and know how to pray. So we want to teach you how to pray because sometimes that can seem scary. Like, man, I'm talking to God. Like, does he want to talk to me? Am I bothering him? Is this a bad time? So we want to teach you about prayer. We want to teach you about reading your word because there's a lot of stuff you may not understand. So that's what our mentorship is like. That's what our discipleship is about. And then we send you out. All right, if you're a 201, if you're in 201 or you're an elder or deacon in this ministry, go ahead and stand up. Let me see all my 201ers. 201ers, hallelujah. Let's give them a hand clap. Come on. This is what about, y'all. Okay, this is, amen, amen. You guys can have a seat. This is what we do. Once we train you up, it's a simple basis. Like Jesus Christ, the Bible, the church. And then we get you in a two-on-one course and teach you more about the Bible. Then we send you out. And where we send you is basically you go back home. You go back to your high school. You go back to your families, to your friends, wherever it is. And you go out and you live that life that's changed, that shows Jesus Christ. You go out and let your light shine. You know that song? This little light is light. This little light. This little light. I got to sing it. This little light of mine. I'm, I'm know why I'm moving, but just because this music is making me move. Can you mute this music? Generally, when I sing this little mind, I don't, I don't shake, but how's it go? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine. Is that how it goes? Amen, amen. Give it up for Jesus, y'all. I'm just excited that you guys are here. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Awkward turtles, amen. <laughs> we send you out, and our goal here in this church, we believe in that God would raise up 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches to plant and 500 churches around the world. Testimony, God is moving in India, Nepal, Pakistan, Nigeria. This is some of the places where we have churches. I've actually been out to Nepal and India and seen the pastors. I've actually shared uh, a room with the pastor from Pakistan and shared a bed with one of the India, uh, Indian pastors. And let me tell you, it was just a fun night. It was just whatever stays in India, happens in India, stays in India. But he was a good guy. It was, we kept it holy. Hallelujah. Amen. Next slide for me, please. More awkwardness. You guys can stand to your feet for me. This is our time when we give our tithes and offering. And we like to encourage you to pull out your checkbook. Go ahead and write a one and five zeros after that. Wherever the Lord, five, six, seven zeros, just be generous. Amen. No, I'm just kidding. Tithes and offering. A tithe, we believe what the Bible says, is 10% of your total income, okay, just a simple example, if you made 20 bucks, right, this week, for allowance, right, your tithe is two bucks, okay, don't be stingy with God, if you want to give more, amen, 
uh, offering is whatever you give God to God after your tithe. So you're saying, like, man, I just want to bless the church. I want to bless God for what he's doing in my life. He's blessed me with this, so I'm going to give back to him. You can never out-bless. You can never out-give God. I just want to tell you that right now. You can never outdo God in what you give him. Just like, man, sometimes, you know, growing up, like, I didn't work a job all my life because I played baseball and did all these different things. So whenever parents would give me money, it's staying in the pocket, right? It would not go out because I wouldn't see it again. And if I give it to the church, I'm definitely not going to see it. So I just remember coming in these times of a youth group, and every time the, the pastor would come up and say, hey, man, it's ties an offering now. Why don't you guys give from your heart? Give. The Lord loves a chill forgiver, right? And uh, I just remember the, every time I'm just like, well, I'm okay. I don't, I don't have to give. That's not sinning. But if you read throughout the Bible, if you steal from God, you don't give what's his. The tithe is his. You are stealing. And then I, I noticed how in my heart I had to learn, like, man, God, this is yours. You know, I was always afraid that I would never get my money back or I never receive back, you know, what I put in. And every time that I stepped out on the limb, I was just at one time, just a testimony to encourage you guys. I was praying. It's like, Lord, how much do you want me to give? Everything in your pocket. God, that's about 50 bucks. You want 50 bucks? Yes. And at this time, like I said, didn't have a job. I don't know about that, right? And so God said, give it all. I'm like, man, Satan, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. That is not God, right? You're thinking that's not God. The 50 bucks, all you have, right? And so I'm like, all right, God. And, and I just remember, like, man, a minute, this is everything that I got. Like, I want to parade it. Like, I'm going to let everybody else know I'm giving 50 bucks. So I pull that thing out there, just walking up, 50 bones, right? Here it is. Go ahead and place it in. And as I sat back in my seat, I was like, that's not how I wanted you to give. You showed off. But I just remember the Lord corrected me right then and there. But as, as I saw what the Lord did, I saw how more money would go through my hands. And he says, now listen, money's going to come through your hands, but I'm going to give it to you so you can bless, bless others. I'm like, amen, Lord. And then uh, now future God has blessed me in so many ways. And this is all glory to God, amen. So we have a little number for you guys just to give you an idea of what a tithe is. Let's get that number up there, please, por favor. 345. 10% of 345 is... Who said 50 cents? Who said 50? Oh, you said 34 and 50 cents. I thought you were cheapskating God. Amen. $34 and 50 cents. That's an example of what it is. Amen. So go ahead and get your money ready. We're going to read this out aloud. Acts 20, 35. Amen. On the count of three, we're going to read it out nice and loud. Here's the bucket straight from India. No, I'm just kidding. It's a crate and barrel, something like that. Amen. Amen. Acts 20, 35, let's read on three. One, two, three. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said. What did he say? It is more blessed to give than to receive. Father, we're thankful for every person that was able to make it out tonight. God, I pray that you would bless them to be a blessing. Father, I pray that you would use them to bless your church, to build up your kingdom and what you're doing in this ministry. God, I pray as they give, Lord, may you give unto them back, Father God, rolling over, pressed down, and shaking, Lord. We, we believe it, God, that we, we hold your word uh, to our hearts, and we believe that you will bless us, God, and you'll take care of us, God. And we pray, God, that you would use us this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Won't you come on up as you give? Come on up as you give. DJ, play that track. Hallelujah. I'm excited to introduce one of our very own 
just a quick testimony. No, not yet. Skip. <laughs> Thank you. Actually, before we introduce Cynthia, um, let's go ahead and have the skit team get ready right now. And as I begin to, are we ready now? Are we ready? Come on up, skit team. Go ahead and do your thing really quickly, really quickly. Today, Cynthia is preaching, and she was able to give the skit team uh, an idea of what she is preaching. So you're about to see a demonstration or a little blurb of what Cynthia is going to be preaching today. So I hope you enjoy. Amen. Give it up for the skit team, y'all. Give it up, give it up. That was just a little idea, and Cynthia's going to come up and preach. But before she comes on up, uh, actually, let's all stand up and just give a warm welcome to the first, very first time to the stage, Cynthia Hernandez. Hallelujah. Just really quickly, Cynthia has been a leader in this ministry now for about four, four to three years. Three to four years, probably, okay, four to four years, take the higher number. Amen. You guys can have your seat. And she has been serving um, within this ministry as our administrator. And if you know anything about administrators, they're the ones that do the behind the work things. So you never see them in the front. But as of late, Cynthia has been having more um, leads. She's been doing a little bit more. And, and we came up to her and I was like, Cynthia, you got to preach. <gasps> Me? I'm like, yes, you. <gasps> uh, you know how I get I'm like, no, you got to preach. And she's like, oh, you preach. I'm like, Cynthia, come on, really? Like, come on, you're going to preach. Okay, but it has to be a month from now. So a month ago, <laughs> we had this conversation that a month later she would preach. And that day has come. Hallelujah. So I'm just giving you an idea. She is going to rock it out. Just give it up for her one more time. Just give her a loud clap as she comes up and she's already here. Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, that was funny. A month later, really, it didn't take me that long. It's just, um, it's rough. You know, you sit in that back room. You kind of get used to it, you know. I get to watch everything. I mean, everything like you guys texting, like you guys talking. I'm just kidding, but I do see that stuff. But um, I really like what the skit thing, the skit had. It was um on point. How many guys understood that? You got, if you didn't understand it, it's okay. You don't have to raise your hand. Okay. So basically, um, I don't know if like, they 
we made it mention or if you ever heard a license like i have a license to kill right you know you can kill you can you have a license to kill it's like a movie thing whatever right but what i'm going to be talking about is a license to sin you know and applying it to the skit you know day one of course we we're, we want forgiveness of course we want jesus of course you know we want to ask god to forgive us and god and then when he forgives us we feel like this peace we're like man thank you god thank you god and then again Day two comes along, and we mess up again. And then, God, forgive us, please. God, please, please, please forgive us. And then you're scared. And then day three comes around, and you're like, God, God, forgive me, please, God. And like, you, you kind of mean it halfway. You're kind of in. You're kind of out. You know, we have a joke with my friends. Like, we're kidding. We're half kidding because we really do mean it. We really don't mean it. And so, like, day three comes along, and you're half kidding. God, I, I'm kind of sorry, kind of, like, over it. And then day four, you're like, I'm just sorry, Lord. I don't. I'm just, I'm just sorry, and you don't know what to do, you know? And so let me just start off with the scripture. Um, if you guys have your Bibles, if you guys can open up to Romans 6. Romans 6, when you're there, let me get an amen. I'll give you a few seconds for that. All right. Now, I'm going to take you through the beginning, right? We come to God. What happens? We come to this altar. We say, God, I'm a sinner. I know that I've made mistakes. God, forgive me. Day one, right? And that's what we do. We ask God, and we start a new life. We want to be born again, Jesus. We, we want a new life, right? And so I'm going to read this. Let me see what Romans 6 says. It says, Romans 6, I'm going to start in verse uh, 4. We were therefore buried with him through baptism and death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. Right? Not an old life. We have a new life. Right? Okay. I'm going to keep going. For if we have been for we have been united with him in a death like his, we, ha- we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin may be done away with, that we shall no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Okay? Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. And the, the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. In that same way, count yourself, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Okay, so I'm going to break it down. What, is, what does that say? The first verse, verse 4, it says what? That we too may live a new life. Now, can we ne- can we live a new life and still do our old thing? Like, I'm going to repent. I repent of my sins. I come to church. Now, God, I know I accepted I'm a sinner. I mean, I, I've done wrong stuff. But can we still do the things in the world and still come to church? Of course we can. We have the free will to do whatever we want. But now, is it really the new life that God is talking about? For example, I haven't been saved my whole life. I didn't grow up in the church, okay? I mean, I, I went to church. I went to Bible studies. I went to Sunday school. I was about, what, six, seven doing that stuff, Catholic church. I don't know if you've ever been to Catholic church, but we go to another room, and the teacher teaches us. And all I remember is coloring pictures of Jesus. I, honestly, that's all I remember. But this is what happened. I grew up saying, okay, I, I, I respect God. God made me. I believe in Jesus. Cool. All right, I respect that I'm never going to bless. I'm never going to say, like, I hate the church. I hate God. I, that's, that's not right. In my home, that wasn't right. But I was a good girl. I was a good girl going to school, you know, doing my homework. I was a good girl. But 
I still got drunk, okay? I still, you know, had sex out of marriage. I don't have a filter, guys, by the way. So when you hear me say these words, smoking a blunt, heading high, drinking, you know, alcohol, I'm not going to baby it for you guys because you guys are big kids and you know what that is. I mean, if you can hear Lil Wayne songs, right? If you can hear Frank Ocean sing about how he's crazy about some guy, right? You guys can hear me say the word sex. You can hear me th say the word blunt and all that stuff, okay? So this is who I was in high school. I was a good girl. I didn't kill anyone, okay? I, I didn't get drunk to the point where I was an alcoholic. I didn't get high to the point where I was a crack cocaine addict, okay? I did this in high school. What, 18, 17, going to bars, saying I was going on college road trips and really wasn't going on college road trips and hanging out with my friends at the bars. So that was me being a good girl. How many of you guys can relate to that? Being a good person, but yet, you know, you go to church, it's okay. I didn't kill anyone, God, I didn't. I'm, I'm a good person. I promise you I'm a good person. And so I try to live for God in that way. I, I remember going to church in high school, and I went with my friends. I remember going to church in high school with my friends, and they're doing their thing, and then we were th with the people that didn't really curse. Well, we cursed a little bit, but not a lot. Or, you know, we, we you know, talked about people and gossiped about people a little bit, but not a lot. You know, we, we, we partied and we drank just a little bit to the point where we were kind of like tipsy, but not a lot. We got high, not all the time, but just a little bit. And so, for example, how's that being a new person? Like, I say, God, I want to change. I want a new life. How, how does that relate to being a new person? You can't right? You can't live a new life if you still have your other foot in your old life, okay? Let me just give you an example. How many of you guys like brownies? We all like brownies, right? Well, psych, I'm not going to give you any brownies. Um, okay, so for example, so this is one of my mentors back in the day. She gave me this example, and to this day, I use it. I don't know if you've ever heard my brownie example, but basically, as she was talking about like this, like, hey, Cynthia, you know, she knew I was in sin. She knew that, you know, I love God, and I was a good girl, but I had half foot in the world and half foot into the church. And so she was like this. If, if I make brownies, you know, and, you know, brownies with fudge, and, you know, if I had some, you know, walnuts in there, it would be good, right? I'm like, yeah, definitely. You want to, you invited me over to make brownies or something? She's like, no, 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 I'm just asking you. So now, if I happen to add a little bit of cow manure, poop, crap. If I add that stuff into the brownie meats, just a little bit, she said, just a little bit, to the point where you don't even smell it, you don't even really taste it, and you don't even see it, but, but it's in there. You can see me put it in there, but you won't smell it. it. The chocolate will cover it up. But it's just a little bit, Cynthia. Would you eat it? And I was like, ah, oh, heck to the no. Like, how many of you guys would eat that brownie mix? No? Thanks, Jeremiah. Okay. <laughs> but, right? But it's just a little bit, guys. Why wouldn't you eat the brownie mix? nasty, right? It's disgusting. That's gross. Why would you eat poop? The same thing with God. Like, well, I'm only sinning a little bit, but I'm still a good person, right? Think about it like that. Put it in that perspective, okay? A lot of times we think that, you know, we want to live for God and we're going to church and, you know, we go Sundays and we, we check that off on our list. We go to midweek service. We check that off our list. We tithe. We check that off our list. We pray that one week, one time a week check it off our list. We pray for our food. We check it off our list. But how many of you, I'm not saying that you guys in this room, but I'm hypothetically speaking, how many times do we really mean all that we do? Or is it coming out of religion or is it coming out of relationship? Okay, and this is where it gets into the grace, into, into the, the license. Sometimes we mistake, because we all know that God loves us, right? We, get, we mistake grace and we mistake sin. This is God, we know God loves us, right? And the Bible says it's God's desire 
that for everyone to be saved, right? God knows he wants to love us. It's his, his desire that we live for him. He's a jealous God. He wants all of us, and he will forgive us. As long as we come to him and repent, he'll forgive us. But here's the thing. We get into that day four of the skit, you know. Eventually you're like, I'm just sorry, Lord. That's it. I'm, I'm done. I'm sorry, God. What, what is, what, why do we get that mindset? Where does that mindset come from? Yes, God wants us. And we get in that mindset, well, God's going to forgive me anyway. I'm going to go drink today. It's like you come up to the bar. Hey, I got my grace card today, guys. I'm going to sin today. It's okay. I got my grace card, guys. It's okay. I got my grace card. I'm going to sin today. I can sin today just today. Oh, and then tomorrow, I'll repent, go to church, get right. And then next week, next weekend comes up. You know, you got the house party. You got that daytime. Here's my grace card. I'm okay today. I'm okay to sin. I'm okay to party. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes we mistake our grace card, the grace that God has given us, for a license to sin, okay? To go on with the, with the other verses um, that I have here, Romans 5.20, it says, where, this is where a lot of people mistake it, you know? Um, like They like to say this. Like they use this out of context, and it kind of gets me upset, quite frankly. But this is what it says. Romans 5.20, it says, but where sin is increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. What does that mean? Does that mean that the more we sin, the more grace we get? Is that is that what it means, guys? No. So I'm gonna go sin more so I can get more grace. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go do this because it's okay because because God says He's gonna forgive me because God says that as long as I come to Him with a repentant heart, He's gonna forgive me. But that's not what the verse says. The verse is saying that, well, Paul is saying, Paul's the one that wrote the book. He was, he was saying, well, the fact that man has all this sin in the world, the fact that man has all this sin, there's so much sin in the world, there's, there's, it's so grieving, you know. Of course, God has to be bigger. His grace has to be big enough, strong enough to cover all that sin. It's not saying that through grace. It's not saying that through grace, um, through grace, that's where we're, we're going to get sin from. No, it's not this is exactly where I wrote. Grace is not acquired through sin, and sin does not bring the grace. Okay, just because you sin doesn't mean that you're going to get more grace, and not because, you know, sin, you, you don't acquire it through that. It, you don't get it through that. It's not, they're not something like, have you heard those that you have in math class? It drives me nuts. Like, hot is to cold as one is up to five or whatever. I was like, what? What is that, right? So it's basically, it's a ratio. They do hot is to cold as black is to white. Right, you know, you know that's the opposite. What is this? What what a ratio? What does it apply to? Okay, so maybe I'm talking a little bit too higher. Maybe you understand me. I'm math magician over here, but um, so basically, sin is to grace, as in you know, hot is to cold. They're opposites. Sin and grace don't go hand in hand. You don't get grace because you sin a lot. Okay, this is this is what happens. It's like talking about like this. Like when we're hungry, we eat. When we're sick, we get medicine. Not to say. Well, when we sin more, we get more grace. It's like saying, well, I'm going to get sick more so I can get more better. I can get better off the medicine. Or I'm going to get so full that I'm going to get more hungry. No, that doesn't make sense, right? Right. So that's, that's what it is. Sin and grace go hand in hand. Don't go hand in hand like that. So we can't mistake our grace card, the grace that God has given us. He's saying that, yes, I'm, I'm above all. I'm bigger than everything, every single thing. Nothing can stop me, right? The song we're singing. You know, our God is greater, our God is stronger, all this stuff. So grace is obviously bigger. 
obviously stronger. Grace will um, knock out, destroy any amount of sin that there is, okay? But we have to remember that just because we know that doesn't mean we take advantage of that. Just because we know that God's going to forgive us, we don't take advantage of that. You know, that's not fair. It's not fair because God is your friend. You're supposed to have a friendship with God. God is not just a being that's up there that says, you know, I'm a king, I'm on a throne, come serve me, and I don't love you. Like, he, he has a relationship with you. You know, you have the dictatorships where, you know, you have the, the head honcho guy up in the sea, and he's like, do this, do this, do this, do this. I don't care about you if you die, if you get hurt. I don't care, I'll, I'll replace you. But God doesn't have that relationship with you, right? God has a relationship. God, God's ha- God has a friendship with you. He has a relationship where he gets to know you. He has a relationship where he wants to know you, where he knows your flaws, he knows your weaknesses, but yet he's still there to accept you as who you are. He's still there to cover you when you make a mistake. He's still there when you don't think you're worth it. And that's, 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 what's, that's what's the most important part of everything, okay? Um, just basically, God, God, sorry, God, it's, it's overwhelming because if you got to that point where, well, now, Cynthia, you told me that I, I sinned too much. I'm on that, I'm exactly that person who's scared. Or I've realized that um, I've been asking God to forgive me over and over for the same sin. God, I don't, I don't know what to do anymore. I, I, should I ask God for grace? Should I ask God for forgiveness anymore? Should I do that? Am I taking advantage of God now? No. God still wants to hear from you, but this is, where, this is a checkpoint in your life. And, and I'm trying to just remind you that this is a point where you need to check yourself. You need to check yourself in the sense where am I on day four of my life with God? Am I just asking God for forgiveness just to get it over with, just because I want to feel right, you know, I, because there's something in my conscience is, like, bugging me? I'm going to say, God, forgive me. And there, I repented. I'm genuine. I'm straight. No. Do we want to do that, or do we generally want to ask God? Because if you ask God to forgive you, he's going to forgive you. But here's the thing. There's, there's terms and conditions on that. On that grace card, there's a term and condition. And it says, if you ask for repentance, that means you need to accept the repentance. Like, you accept the forgiveness I've given you, but now you've taken up your new life in me. You're a new creation, right? You're out with the old and with the new. You don't go back to your old self. You don't go back to the way that you used to be. You start a new you start a new life. Yeah, you make mistakes. Yeah, we're imperfect. Like I said, I'm not perfect. I'm just like you guys. I make mistakes. I make a lot of mistakes. I have an attitude. I can get bitter. I can get angry, okay? I mean, I have friends in this room that can attest to that. <laughs> okay? But it's but it's the grace that God has given me to to want to change. You know, I I get that conviction in me. Like, I just gave my friend an attitude. I just said some nasty things the other day. You know, and I was like, oh, my gosh, God, I, I should have not said that. You know, and it's, that's the difference. Are you convicted by what you say, or do you think about it later at night? You're like, man, I said bad stuff earlier. I just got to repent for that because otherwise I'm not going to heaven. Think about it. Like, you, that, that conviction, the Holy Spirit in you has to be so strong where you're just, like, on it. God, Oh, my gosh, I'm thirsty for you, God. I want to pray, God. I want to be in fellowship with you, God. I, I don't want anything wrong with me. I don't want any blemishes. I don't want to have one foot in the world and one foot in the church and then call myself a Christian and not really be into Christianity and not really have a relationship with you, you know? And so think about it like that. 
we make mistakes. Just because I'm on this altar, just because I'm a leader, just because Adam's in the sound booth, you're a youth pastor, we're all normal people. We're not here to, you know, hover over you and say, you are a sinner, you're not worthy of God's love, you need to repent and get right. No, we're going we're gonna to show you God's love because that's the same love that God showed us. God showed me that in high school. You know, God, I was a good girl, but somehow I realized that I made mistakes. Somehow I realized that what I was doing wasn't right because I was being a hypocrite. You know, I was watching The Dark Knight yesterday, so I have a confession. Yes, I've been up since 4 in the morning, so I'm kind of like, uh, you know. But um, it was amazing, by the way. But spoiler alert, Bruce, Bruce Wayne is Batman. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, not really. But uh, so basically there's a scene in the movie where, you know, the Officer Blake, this doesn't spoil anything, I promise, okay. Officer Blake. He visits Bruce Wayne. We all know Bruce Wayne is Batman, okay, so I can say that. So Officer Blake goes into the to his house, has a talk with him, all this stuff, and um, he he, Officer Blake is an orphan. He came from an orphanage that the Bruce Wayne Foundation donates all its money to that. So he was talking to him, and basically he was telling telling Batman like, man, I really wish Batman would come back because he's the you know we need his help or la da da, and all this stuff. And so Officer Blake is basically just trying to move Batman and saying all these things, and then he just reads Batman's mail and says, you know, I, I'm, I'm a hurt person. Like, this person you see now, it's not the real me. Yeah, I have the smile on my face. Yeah, I, you know, I, I fake it. Uh, he's faking it until he's making it, ba basically what he's saying. And so what he says um, specifically is just people understand you're hurt. Okay, you can go to people all you want. You can go to people all you want and tell them, this is my problem. And, of course, they're going to understand. A person's always going to understand. You have a best friend. They're going to understand. And then there's going to be a point where they're going to not understand anymore. And all they're going to do is just take you and as as a routine. Like, oh, that's just so-and-so. They go through that all the time. Oh, that's just so-and-so. That's how they are. That's that's so-and-so's attitude. That's their personality. They're evil like that when it gets to this you know, time of day. And so eventually that person doesn't become understanding anymore. And so what Officer Blake was saying was, he was in a foster family, and his foster family understood him. And so, like, a couple months later, they didn't understand him, and they threw him back in the orphanage. And so what Officer Blake had to do, he had to put on this mask, just like how Batman puts on a mask. In the movie, Batman realizes that he puts on this mask because he, he's just trying to cover up who he is, because he's trying to cover up the pain. He's trying to cover up everything that he's doing in his life with something better, with something more with something that's justified, with something a little bit more righteous, with something that you can look up to more, you know? And so that's that's what basically we're doing. We're being hypocrites. We're coming to church because we want to mask our sins, but yet we still want to sin, but we still want to come to church and say we're a good person because we still want to say we're going to heaven because we go to church. But you're still being a hypocrite, you know? And and God doesn't honor that. So I was talking to my, um, my friend the other day, too, and he it was just this whole weekend was about grace and forgiveness. I kept saying the same thing over. I kind of felt like a broken record. And basically it was, he was coming to me and telling me that um, he felt, you know, God got, he felt like overwhelmed with the church. He felt like he wanted to still be in the world, but he still kind of wanted to come to church. He kind of wanted to still be with his ex, but he kind of still wanted to be in the church. So he still wanted to serve God. But then he threw this out. He realized it. And he said, well, it's kind of like I'm using God's grace as a license to sin because I know that he's going to forgive me. 
I know that he's going to forgive me. I know that, that he's going to, you know, it's, it's impossible to follow every single law in the book, in the Bible. It's, if, it's impossible to follow every single command here. There's over, like, 500, whatever, commands in the Bible. Of course, we're going to mess up. Of course, we're not going to follow every single command in the Bible. How many of you guys break the Old Testament rules? Come on. It says, don't eat shrimp. It's like, mm-mm, I like shrimp. I'm going to eat it, you know? But this is different. Like, the difference with, between me, I was telling the difference between as a Christian, a real a Christian that really wants God, the difference between that and what you're saying is that as a Christian, yes, I make mistakes. I fall short of the glory almost maybe 20%, over 20% of the time, okay? So I fall short, short of the glory for that, okay? But the difference is that I want to change. I don't want to be known for that. The difference is that I don't want to be like that anymore, that I want to change my ways. I don't want to be the liar. I don't want to be the cheater. I don't want to be the sexually immoral. I don't want to be the impure. You know, I don't want that anymore. Though I may slip up, though in the beginning, I remember my walk, I slipped up a whole bunch of times. Though I may slip up, I wanted to change. And I sought out, you know, godly directions and, and influences and guides and people who would just guide me and show me the word of God like this is what you do. You know, I wanted to change. That's the difference with my friend. He didn't care. He was just like, I just want to enjoy the world. But I want, I, I know I love God, but he was using it as an excuse. Well, God still, still, still love me in the end. But this is the difference. God doesn't reward that. He rewards the faithful. And, and, and this is just a message and encouragement to you guys. Um, just to end on a positive note, because maybe you guys are realizing that, dang, I'm dirty, busted, broken, disgusted right now. I made mistakes. I'm not the best Christian. I'm sitting here. Maybe I'm a hypocrite. Maybe I have a mask on like Batman. I'm hiding all the pain I have inside. You know, but this is just an encouragement to you guys that Jesus died for exactly that. God, God's love is unconditional. He doesn't want you to come with your shiny shoes and your suit, you know, trying to fake it to the altar and say, God, I'm the most perfect man in the world. You can take me to heaven. No. Let me read you this. And, and the Bible says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Though, I mean, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we both, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but let us also take glory in our sufferings because we know that what? Suffering produces persevering. Perseverance produces character, character, hope. And hope does not put, put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into the hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at this, at just this, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died, Christ died for the ungodly. Is this saying God, God, did Christ die for the perfect person? No, right? It says God, Christ, God died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though a good person someone might possibly dare to die for. But God demonstrated his own love for us that while we were still sinners, God died for us. So while I was, you know, doing my thing back in high school, Jesus Christ died for that. You know, in the Bible, you have examples where Jesus would go talk to prostitutes. He would talk to drunkards. He would talk to the people that no one wanted to talk to. You know, and so God didn't die for the perfect person. Though that person does, can fall in the con can't ask for forgiveness, can't come to, the, to God. God died for the broken, busted, and disgusted. He died for the sinner, for the person that makes mistakes. He died for Cynthia. He died for Anai. He died for Monique. He died for Danny, for Lawrence. He died for... Danny, for that too. He died for all of you guys. 
even if you mess up, even if you're not perfect, even if you make mistakes, God died for that, for you. Okay, so it's just it's just an encouragement to you guys. Um, I don't know if you can play this uh, nice, appropriate song in the background. Um, I'm going to ask you guys to stand up. To stand up, because I know sometimes when we ask and we say, you know, come to these altars and pray, it's kind of hard to leave that little shell of yours in the chairs. Because I, I was there once, and I kind of was, like, kind of embarrassed to leave my chair because I was like, man, I don't want the person next to me to know I'm in sin. I don't want the, the person next to me or my friend to know that I want prayer. It's kind of embarrassing. So I'm going to ask you guys to find a place in this room. If you want to find a place at this altar. And what we're going to do is we're going to say, God, I messed up. God, maybe I'm not perfect. God, I'm probably not as confident as I should be. God, is, I'm probably not as victorious as I should be. God, but I know that you will make me victorious. I know that you make me confident. I know that you will make me a woman of God, a man of God. I know that he'll do that. So I want you guys to take that time and really, really, really get into with the Lord right now. If, I'm not going to force you to do anything, but if you want to, do it. This is an invitation to come to this altar without any restrictions, without any, without any hindrances, with anything, without anything you have on you right now. Just come to God because his hands... His hands are open because his arms are open wide to receive anyone and everyone who's just asking for forgiveness. Because God's love is unconditional. Because God, in the end, will forgive you. Be it day one, day two, day three, day four. No matter how many times you mess up, God still will forgive you. God, gave, God forgave me. I mean, not been a bank robber or murderer, but God forgave me. And that's the best feeling in the world because God is taking you through that rehab. Through that, through that process of just restoring you. You made mistakes. There's no need to live in that. There's no need to face that condemnation because if you let the devil lie to you and say, you're not worth it anymore. Hey, you're not worth it anymore because, because you messed up, because you lied when you should have not lied because you know you had sex and you know that was wrong and you're in the church and you're in leadership or because what? Because you weren't being truthful to who you are because you weren't praying, because you were cursing when you left the church, because when you went back to your old ways, you know, you did stuff with your boyfriend, with your girlfriend, you got drunk on the weekend, you know what I'm saying? God will forgive that. And he sees that and he's working on you because you guys all have your own story with God. You have your own relationship with God, your own friendship with God. My friendship with Adam is not the same friendship I have with Stephanie, not the same friendship I have with Tito, not the same friendship I have with Monique. God has a friendship with every single one of you guys, and it's exactly different. If that makes sense. Exactly different. God has a God of forgiveness. I don't know if you can dim the lights for me. I'm just going to ask you guys to just take this time and give it up to God. If you want prayer, there's going to be Monique here in the pink and Chris right behind her and myself. There's Adam in the back. If you want prayer, approach us. Find us. You'll see us. But right now, just take this time ask God. Be intimate with God. Be real. If you need to sit down in, in a corner and be like, just talk to him. It's easy to talk to him. It's easy to say, God, I don't know what to say. God, just search my heart. Okay? Jesus. Lord God, we, we just thank you, God, for this time, Lord God, and I pray, God, that you just have your spirit. God, just Jesus, meet with us, God. Meet with us, Lord. 
meet with us, Jesus. I pray, God, your presence over every single one of these students, God, every single person in this room, God. I pray, God, for your love, God, to just inhabit their being, God, inhabit their spirit, God. God, bring forth, bring, bring to the light, God, that you know is in the darkness because you are God that knows everything, God. You are God that, that knows that we, we know we can't hide. We know that we can't keep anything from you, God. And even though, God, we know in the back of our minds that it's okay if we sin a little bit, God, you know that it hurts you. And it hurts you because we turn away from you. Because every single time we turn, um, every time we turn purposely away from you, God, it's like we're slashing you on the back. God, it's like we're, we're crucifying you on the cross. God, and the word says that you've already been crucified. You've already been there, done that, died for us, Lord God, once and for all, so that we may, be have, we may have life in that, God. Jesus, Lord God, be with us. God, I pray, God, that every student here, Jesus, would just feel you, feel your love, feel your forgiveness. God, just feel your spirit, God, because you are God that forgives, Lord God. You are God that forgives. You are God that makes new, God. You give us new life. You've given us a new life. We are dead to ourselves already, God, but we are alive in you. We, are we have been made alive in you, Jesus. And we take that upon right now. We take that confidence. We take that authority. And we say against the devil, devil, you have no way. You have no way in our lives. You have no way in our thoughts. No way in our emotions. I will not be depressed in the name of Jesus. I will not be an addict in the name of Jesus. I will not be angry in the name of Jesus. I will have the power of self-control in my life. I have the power of confidence in my life. I will have your Holy Spirit in my life. Jesus, we come to you, God, with open arms. God, we come to you, God, not knowing what we want to do. God, knowing that, that, that you will give us away, God. We come to you confused. We come to you, God, with no answers and, and just questions, God, of, of that. What we know that you will answer, of what we know that you will give us ways for, Lord. Be with this, Lord God, in this time. In Jesus' name.
Hallelujah. I just want to encourage you to pray just for a little bit more. We're just going to close in a little bit. But as this song keeps on playing, would you just pray? Would you just seek God? We seek your face, God. We seek your presence, Jesus. Fill us with your grace, oh God. I just want to read this scripture to you. To just close up what Cynthia was talking about today in grace. I'm going to be reading from 1 Corinthians 2. It says this, Paul said, When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and in fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching with not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. In closing, we come before you, God, and we trust in your power, 
that we know that your Holy Spirit is going out, working in us. You won't leave us the same. You love us too much to keep us that way. God, you are changing us. And Father, I pray for our sensitivity to your Holy Spirit, that God, when you correct us, God, that when you tell us about things in our life that we need to fix, God, that you've already given us grace for it. Father, I pray for a sensitivity for your spirit, God, that we would humble ourselves before you, God, and that we would come and that we would repent and we would turn our ways, that we would turn our face to you, God. Father, we pray for your power, not just with words, but we pray with you for your power to be in our lives, to be evident, God. Father, we pray for the testimony that when people ask us about what's happened in our life, what's changed, what's gives, that, Father, we can come and tell them it's the power and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ for what you're doing in our life. We praise you, God. We give you all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. You are worthy, God, to have your way. We ask you, God, Holy Spirit, that as we make our way back to our homes, that as we make our way back to work, that as we make our way back, Father, we pray that you would give us grace. Not the permission to sin, but a grace, God, to live it out, to live out this freedom. Your, your word says, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. And we proclaim that, and we receive it freely, Lord. We thank you. We bless you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, would you give Jesus a hand clap of praise in this place? Amen. Amen. You are dismissed, formally dismissed. Before you leave, would you just introduce yourself again? To two new people, there's some new people in this place that I've seen, right here from Ohio, right here from the Shy, right here. So if you see them, run up to them, let them know you love them. Just say hi, introduce yourself. Amen. You are dismissed. We love you. We'll see you Tuesday at seven, six o'clock for life groups. Amen. We'll see you there.